The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Jack Newman. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Ben Holland. And welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. This week we're going to be breaking down Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit 2019. Are you gentlemen ready to start your Nazi engines? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I was BMW engines and our I, I, Hugo I, Boss I, I outfits. Know, I know. It's, oh God, I, it's, it's, I will say, the Hugo Boss outfits do always look so good. It's so terrible. There was a, it was a good history memes of like the Homer Simpson goes into the bush meme. And it was like Hugo Boss, like in Nazi outfit, and then he like goes to the bush and he comes out with like Italian, you know, coats and stuff. Yeah, this is like have a coat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we never did this. No, no, we totally didn't. Yeah. Anyways, uh, today we'll be wearing, I guess, like I don't, I don't know how to put it, but it's kind of like uh, satirical black comedy Jojo Rabbit. Uh, yeah, this is actually based on Christine Lunis's book, uh, Caging Skies. Uh, yeah, and, uh, it's kind of a little bit about a boy in the Hitler youth, and, uh, kind of about, uh, ending war Germany and kind of pre-war Ger- I guess slightly pre-war Germany, but we're going to talk about it real quick. Let me go ahead and give you a summary. Jojo is a lonely German boy who discovers that his single mother is hiding a Jewish girl in the attic. Aided only by his imagined friend, Adolf Hitler, Jojo must confront his blind nationalism as World War II continues to rage on. Yeah, it's it's really just kind of like a satirical black comedy about about I mean, I'm kind of about the hor- horrors of World War Two and Nazi Germany, but also kind of it just imagines Jojo as like uh, having an imaginary friend is kind of the through point where Adolf Hitler is literally his imaginary friend who also gives him like a lot of love and support. And so it's a childlike Adolf Hitler that is still interested in kind of, you know, still contains like, you know, the childlike simplicity view of hate and what that is. And uh, yeah, and it's kind of just, it's kind of just this, it's, it's interesting. It's a comedy. I, I think the first half is very successfully comedic. I think after a specific event happens, it's it's kind of hard to laugh after that a little bit, but uh, let's. I want to hear what you guys have to think, uh, Ben. What, what what did you think of Jojo Rabbit? I was very curious to see what a what would come of Jojo Rabbit because, um, in terms of the, the 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 MCU, you know, we must we must all reckon with it. <laughs> As Scorsese <laughs> has to write a goddamn New York Times op-ed about it, that's how much we must reckon with it. Um, it is interesting how it. Has it quite? It's it's almost because it's almost so new in a weird way. Like it's easy to forget that we're ending the decade, and ninety seven percent of everything Marvel came out this decade. Only two movies came out in the previous decade, and the rest have all been this. Like every almost every movie you can think of, besides Iron Man and Incredible Hulk, every movie show and everything has been here. Yet not a lot of like directors have quite come out of it. Like you've had your established directors have come through it. But the newer directors haven't quite hit it. Where Taika was an up-and-coming director for a while. He's been making movies for a little bit. He obviously did uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Sort of his big hit before that. Uh, before he did, obviously, what I'm talking about Thor Ragnarok. And it was interesting that it felt very him. And probably people felt he had his style in it. And then he reinvented it. So, to me, he kind of was the best poised outside of maybe Ryan Coogler. But Coogler and James Gunn are all finishing their stuff. And he got to make one in between. So... It's been very interesting to me to like, okay, you, you did your big Marvel movie, and now you're going to make your blank check. You know, I like uh, like the idea of a person who can just say, I'm going to make this, 
and the idea of I'm going to make a, a, a Hitler satire where I play Hitler. I'm like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's my kind of, you know, balls out. Do it. Which is why I'm a little disappointed. I just kind of found it okay. <laughs> like, it's not terrible. It's just exactly the movie I expected from the trailer. It, it didn't surprise me all that much. It didn't really, uh, really captivate me a ton um there are definitely some good scenes some very excellent performances i have no qualms with it it, it seems to be a movie that uh, that some people want to hate immediately um just for its very existence or, or just what it means in terms of the oscar culture and all yeah, yeah put it all away and put it in the garbage um it, it's it's solid it's just a very solid enjoyable film but unfortunately one like I saw it like two weeks ago and I've kind of forgotten most of it. So, you know, like it's just not a film that's kind of stuck with me outside of a couple of very good scenes, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, I I think there's I think one of the things that I think is is overall the effect may be less than the sum of its part. Uh, cinematographer is Mihai uh, Malamare, just for instance, who did the who was the cinematographer on the master. And I think that like, for instance, like wow. just just the yeah, the, the pedigree of the people involved. Like, clearly, this is like Taika Waititi taking all his Marvel money and being like, I'm going to make a movie that no studio will ever touch. That's that's, that's what it is. And uh, I appreciate that. I think that I, I have a lot of respect for this movie. And I think that's one of the things. Whether or not it in, in, in the end of the day works entirely for me is kind of up in the air. Uh, I really enjoy the first half. I think that, for instance, like really good cinematography, Michael Giochino just doing the, like, the score, a lot of the different things, you know, and kind of involved in there. I think also like Taika Waititi, in my opinion, has like a real freaking gift with child actors because i think this is like a very difficult performance yes. i mean i mean there's you know there's the only thing i can think of that, that that does like a better job is like steven spielberg who like literally did et in chronological order so that they would cry more at the last scene when et has to leave because it's the last time they're all going <laughs> to see each other like that's that's like you know there's it's, it, like i feel like he has almost that level of mastery of like child actors and gets a startlingly good performance out of both the boys. I, I don't know what's the, the what's the kids. The uh, Archie Yates is the other one. Um, he's in something else. I forget what is. I know his name to hand. I don't know why. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and throw. I, di- I didn't get a chance to throw it up to one more person here, which is me, uh, Trevor. Yeah, how are you? I'm also here. I'm good. I'm. I, hey, I never forget you. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much think. I might we might all be kind of feeling similarly about this because I I really like the first half of this. Um, I also respect it a lot. I think his heart is in the right place. You know, um, I've read a few takes where like it just doesn't do enough to justify what it's doing a little bit, and I don't know if I'm totally on that side of the argument yet. I need to think about it a little bit more, but I am hesitant to recommend it a little bit even though i laugh so much in the first part i think like i don't know uh this the comedy is really good i just don't know about the rest of it i i, I don't know if i have anything complex to say about this movie other right. than what you guys have already said about it Let, let's i want to like break down because i think i think i know the two instances that are going to be because i think i think outside of two particularly to my mind, possibly tone deaf moments. Uh, I think that this is a really great black comedy. And I feel like 
ironically, I want, I, I've never sat in a black comedy and been like, man, I wish this had less teeth. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's not a, that's not a feeling I've ever had, but I kind of wished True. he had backed this up just a bit. And I, and I think, uh, cause I think that there's the core premise here, which is that you have Adolf Hitler and, you know, who is an imaginary friend, but actually like a terrible one. And then you have the, the Jew girl in the attic who is like an enemy, but actually secretly a friend. And they kind of morph in opposite directions as the core premise of the movie. And it works particularly well. Although I do think the movie kind of lose sight of that to like go into the melodrama of two, the two characters who do die kind of horrifically. Uh, but I think that's, you know, spoilers here for because I'm going to talk about them right now, specifically Scarlett Johansson and uh, Sam Rockwell's characters. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, his mother is hung for, I think, dropping leaflets or something, or it's actually never explained. Part of the horrific of the nature of it is that he doesn't know specifically what crime she was hung for. Um and that's right. and it's just so it's I think that that was the moment in the film where I was like, whoa, whoa, guys. there were audible gasps because we yeah. see the shoes first and there's like that. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, he did a very great job of like showing off the shoes without being like, you know, the like, oh, the shoes are going to pay off. Like it, mm-hmm. it was just like a, a very it was a yeah. good like visual yeah. storytelling. Yes. Element. And, 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 and you fucking avoided the shot of having to hang Scarlett Johansson, which, oh, my fucking God. Uh, yes. But even even yes. that even that felt like real like a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like it felt like a lot for me. And then I think that if it had just been that, it might have been fine. But then Sam Rockwell's like horrific like not like Nazi turnabout moment, and then still getting killed is like both like because he is a Nazi. Like yeah, what is it with Sam Rockwell lately? And like because I loved Three Billboards to be fair, but then I heard the criticisms of like it's not Sam Rockwell's a like really likable racist who like is redeemed, well, but not for his racism. He's, he's notably done this like three times now, is it yeah. three which is very three strange. Because there's a movie called Best of Enemies where yeah, he yeah. plays C.P. Ellis, the gland cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. And everyone's like, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Why? Like, you know what it is? It's it's Ro- Sam Rockwell has been typecast as a villain in a lot of different roles, but he's actually secretly insanely likable, and he just keeps picking up villain right. roles. So that's what they're like, doing. I'm right. a likable guy, but I'm also yeah. a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 he's also in that Clint Eastwood movie about the, the guy who was falsely accused of setting a bomb the the atlanta bombing yeah like, um i don't think he'll be a secret racist uh, in that. Hate, he just seems like he's I hate, but he um, could easily be the clint eastwood like i worry about that trailer because it feels like very clean Eastwood. like see this is what the media does you no know, no, no. Like, sam sam rockwell, I worry about sam rockwell that. plays his lawyer in that so he's gonna be a good yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. that's why i worry he'll be like the conservative version mouthpiece if that's the movie it is you know? yeah, yeah yeah if it's what i worry it is which is like the media lies you know like He'll be the one being like, you see, this was a good man. Like, that's what I worry. That's kind of that's kind of horrific because that's actually he's like he's actually like the guy he's betraying is actually like a like was like a solid lawyer, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. He was he was he was just. I don't know what the tone of the movie is. I just worry. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I would be like upset because like by all standards, like this dude was like not paid very much money by him and just stuck by him just for like spitting spitting giggles. Yeah. So like I would exactly I I would I would just I would be like I would be very upset by that. But anyways, moving back to this movie. I'm sorry. And and good news, Sam Rockwell. Next year, so far the only. 
think he has on his schedule are two animated movies. I oh doubt he'll God. be a secret racist. In those, so. <laughs> As is. Yeah. One hopes. Yeah. So let, let's come back to those two things. Were either of you like kind of taken aback by those two deaths? Because there were tone shifts in the movie, but ever it felt all cool for me until specifically Scarlett Johansson. And then I felt like there was a weird confirmation via Sam Rockwell's unfortunate death with the jacket. And the jacket is just such a typical Nazi movie thing. I don't know where he's just like, it's just almost like a, he just narrowly avoids death by like, you know, just a, just a, like having just a jacket. Taking the jacket off. I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's such a Nazi. Feels like it came from another it. classic World War II movie to you. Right. Yeah, it does. It feels right. like exactly like that. And it's also the thing of like, yes, I know the Russians were typically known to be more brutal in World War II, but like there were probably some Americans who were shooting some Nazis as soon as they got into Berlin too. Yeah. And like, but do you choose the Russian because you don't want to piss off America? I I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it was it, it's when you get to that thorny stuff. Like his actually didn't bother me. His was yeah probably more bothersome than I think Scarlett Johansson's. But I think the problem was if it's that and it's such a dramatic like it's very quickly like comedy over. But it's not. Yeah, and that's part of the problem. And the, and the movie that, doesn't like, have the, any place to go structurally for me after that because like that's part of the problem. Yeah. It, it's it's a great choice if it if it's like heavy and like. The invasion of Berlin is interesting to see from Berlin people mm-hmm. because I forgot the fact that Hitler was dead when they were invading. And I'm like, that's really interesting. Yeah, like, it must I, have felt I, over. I really want to find any movie that does that because I want to see – because there's downfall, but that's in the Hitler bunker. It's not right, right. in Berlin. Um, and and uh, it was a very interesting idea. But again, Yorkie comes back. And I've been waiting for Yorkie yep. to be funny for a long time. But – He's like, so your mom's dead, and you're like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was a really sad scene, though. Jesus, you know, like it, it. That's that's part of it. Like if it, if it goes like you know if it even if that's the structure of life is beautiful. Like life is beautiful, even if I had problems with that movie, does have a very clear like serious you know right like it's, right right it's it is now in the serious part of the movie it, the the shoes and, is whiplash right like that's the question for yeah. me like it's good and I think it could all work it's just. A little bit of it's just like holy crap. It doesn't. It's not funny anymore when he says "fuck off, Hitler" and throws him out the window for me because there's no reason he has to be ambiguous about his relationship with Hitler at that point because the Nazi regime has killed his mom. Like I get that there's a moment of him, right? That's a good. You know, still having to reckon with it and blaming the the Jewish girl that she protected that was part of the reason she was killed for that. Or but was that she? That moment also she? resolves that. Or was she? Well, I, I yeah. think it's it's mostly implied that it's the pamphlets that get her, but I don't... Uh, yeah, I, it yeah. is off screen. Like, part of the horror of it is that it is off screen. And she, I she talks the whole time about, like, not caring about the war effort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like... Towards the end, there they you know people were being killed indiscriminately just for saying shit. Like, yeah, it yeah. It, for that reason or whatever. I, I, yeah. I do also want to defend... Uh, like it is a historical fact that Germans fled from Berlin to try to surrender to American troops to flee Russian troops. Like that's a that's a well known sure, historical sure. fact that Russians were just, or at least America. If you like surrendered to Americans, they would at least honor it partially. Versus it was like difficult to surrender to Russians. Um, yes, I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. And, and it's, but again, it's like part of that is when you introduce 
that the funny, possibly gay, I'm not sure about that part, um, Ooh, really? character um, it is introduced and then killed by Russian soldiers. Oh, I guess you're, it you're is. just making yeah. me like have to process that in a weird way. Yeah, That's I didn't read that like, initially, but now that you've said something, I kind of get there's it. There's just that weird moment, just like the entry moment, they both look at each other and they're like, almost like they look like they're about to kiss and then they break off and it's like i guess that was saying they were gay but they never bring it up again yeah I, it's, it's funny how I, I i don't even i didn't even think about that i read that as um jack was t- talking at the top about how this is like the child's eye view of the of racism and like the Nazi regime. Sure. I think it's intentionally reducing it to childishness uh, partly and, and and partly is successful in that. And I read kind of that nod of uh, homoeroticism between two men in that regime as being kind of like kind of a weird hypocrisy sort of, I I don't know how that makes you feel necessarily, (laughs) but um, that's how I read it. I also think that to some extent there's so much interesting happening in the movie, but it kind of like it kind of the core element is subsided in him and her smacking him at the end. And I think that that it kind of that bit with her and him at the end with the boyfriend bit, which felt a little bit melodramatic, but was kind of pushed aside for the rest of the comedy of the bit. It feels like it's all they have to do. And it kind of feels like the movie to me a little bit kind of, farts out a little bit does that make it sense? feels like it does it feels like and i read a tidbit i haven't read the book but talking about how the jojo character in the book's moral compass degrades rather than improves and that's what that and that bit comes from in the book because in the movie the idea of him being selfish and wanting to keep her for himself and lying to her that the germans won the war for that reason seems to come out of nowhere kind of thematic. I mean, it's set up by him being alone and in love with her and dealing with those feelings as a boy that that's all there. It's like it being a Bilden's roman, but like it thematically, it's just kind of weird little coda on the rest of what else is going on, you know? Yeah. yeah that yeah. bothered me. It did. It, it, it felt like, it felt like, it just, I mean, not, oh, there's, I think the thing that I'm frustrated about this movie primarily is there's so much to like here. I really like the first half. I laughed a lot. There's, you know, and there are vitriolic takes on this that all, that don't give the humor any credit. I think, like, I think it's hard is in the right place. I think, you know, and I didn't react that way to it, but I, I think you can give the, it, at least the, the credit that it successfully satirizes Nazis as being this this boy like boys club kind of immature. Well, I think it's why the first act is so much better, and why I think, at least, particularly with Taika Waititi, I think the book is interesting and the structure is interesting. I, I, I haven't read the book, but I, I was just reading the synopsis and seeing how it's the same in that sense of the finding the girl behind the wall. I think a better movie would honestly be Taika Waititi's Hitler Youth comedy <laughs> it's terrible I, to say I think, but I think like, that's exactly you know, what it, I want yeah it's like but either it's less or more like, right it's, yeah but just the youth and then he discovers the the the, the sinisterness and the awfulness and, and and chooses at the end to leave and not be a Nazi or yeah, you know, I mean, run away or whatever the, the situation is I, I think what we like, all I think that was the better part and I think the line that is so good that people quote it as like the best line in the movie is her saying you know you d- you're not a Nazi you're a 10 year old who wants to be part of a group Right. Which is really what I think very powerful because when you're that young, you you don't have 
political stances, really. You you really parrot what other people who are important around you say. At least as I noticed with most kids and myself at the time. It's like, I just, you know, my parents were liberal, so I felt I was liberal. It wasn't until I made my own mind that I decided, you know, what, what, what I felt and what I politically believed in and what was important to me. You know, like, when you're that young... You know why indoctrination is in a way no. so easy for kids is that you know you you put them all in the same uniform you, you give them a cool knife no, like, <laughs> you're like you're like part this of the group. is like yeah. I'll, I'll say this for me like I my parents are are oh, it's funny to me my grandparents are dyed in the wool Democrats my parents are dyed in the wool Republicans and then you know eventually I grew out of being a Republican in high school but I remember when I had a stage where I was a libertarian because it was like the okay version of being a liberal <laughs> but then my parents sure. could like get along sure. with and then eventually i went to college well actually i was i was a liberal well before that i just wasn't talking about it <laughs> but i but i uh yeah and then i went to college and i became a full-blown liberal and that's i think i think it's one of those things where it's just like at some age i think it's it's a really weird it's a really true thing that you just like a lot of being a child is just parroting and copying around you to try to get through the day and i think that's true of like you know so much of this is political and complicated that you throw at a child like he's just going to parrot it back to you so you smile and i think that's i think that that movie genuinely understands it uh i think that that's a very complicated thing for what is essentially like you know Roger Deber said, what is a Wes Anderson made a Nazi comedy? <laughs> like that's, and I think that's the best version of this movie is that I feel like the early bits is just like, if this was just a straight, like Nazi camp Hitler youth movie, it would have been kind of amazing. And I think that it's a little sad that it, that it, it gets too serious. And I think it tries, it wants to have too I think much it's ambitious. of a point. I think ambitious is the best way to put it. Cause I, I don't fault it for the point that it wants to make. Obviously ambitious, deeply flawed. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Also, I, I think I just think that it's funny that also I will, I will say I disagree with Roger Ebert's take on this one, too, because he said it. Well, Roger Ebert's dead. So Robert, you, Roger Ebert, the site. Oh, sorry. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, Brian, Roger Ebert. Brian, Brian T- it's Roger Ebert's site. I'm so sorry. It's Brian Teler- Telerico. He did the review for this. He did. OK, two and a half. <laughs> Roger sorry, Ebert came back I'm for his hot so, Jojo. T- I'm so sorry. That is so shitty. Like, I was just confused. So, no, no, no. It's Brian Telerico did the review two and a half stars. But he said my favorite thing about what he said is he said it didn't have enough punch. And I was just sitting there at my computer like, what the fuck movie did you watch? (laughs) Well, I agree to it. I think think it has dramatic punch. I don't think it has enough bite satirical punch. Because here's the thing I wanted to talk about, which is that the producers came out in 1968, right? That was just over 20 years after World War II. So it was back then genuinely very daring to make a movie where a lot of people had to laugh at someone who caused a lot of pain in their lifetime, right? Like, uh, World War II vets were alive and present and had mental fortitude and were around in 1968. So we are much more far removed from that, and we've had 50 years of comedy Hitler. You know what I mean? Hitler has just become one of these dictators that you you don't have comedy Pol Pot. <laughs> you don't have comedy... Yeah. You have comedy Stalin. We just had comedy Stalin, but that took a while. You know what I, I mean? And Even and then, I'm, it's just about and people his... are still legit not totally comfortable with it. Like, it's, no, it's and, and that movie is bleak. That movie is very bleak. That movie yeah, is very it, satirical it and to... very yeah, bleak and black. Yeah, yeah, and and also um, less fun, I would think. But that's you know. darker. No, and 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 but I think in a way more effective yeah. for me at least because I think it is a little more like these fucking shit hard times that where people get murdered for no reason. And I, I think 
comedy Hitler has become a thing that it it's hard for me to feel like just because Taika Waititi's in a Hitler outfit that it's inherently funny. You know what I mean? Where like like producers, it was inherently funny back then because it was like holy shit, like Mel Brooks, the director of this movie, is stressed as Hitler, you know, or a Nazi, you know, it's like oh my god. And he's Jew, like you know, like it's it's he's all playing on that element, you know, because Taika Waititi is Jewish, half Jewish too, and 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 similarly, you know, is dressed as Hitler and is the director of this movie. So there's a lot of producers' elements you can read into this, and and to me, it's like if you're gonna do Hitler again as the comedy Hitler, I need something. And and the take was really just he kind of talks funny, you know, like it's just kind of that that Taika Waititi, like he's just cash. Yeah, yeah, he has he has modern mannerisms of speech. Yeah, and it's funny-ish, but it just never was that kind of very. It it didn't. And like they try to do a little bit of the the kid thing, like oh he's gonna eat unicorn or something like that. But like Mm -hmm. it's there just wasn't enough of him in a very unique way. I guess that's kind of what I'm coming. I think the comedy Hitler angle was not that clever to me. He's not even really. He's doing a Taika with TT. Bit. He's not doing a Hitler bit, and I think that's yes. it. Throw. He's got a good costume, and he actually he's like weirdly a dead ringer for him. But like, <laughs> I wonder if well, they did except any for the like awkwardly blue contact lenses on top of his very brown eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and and they did paint his skin a little whiter. I think I don't want to say for sure, but I think he's was lightened either in makeup or lighting or something because he's a more of a darker skin person. I, I would suspect all three, to be honest. It look, it's pretty seamless, so I would suspect he was there was makeup. Digital. It didn't look bad. Yeah. It didn't look like white chicks or anything. Like that. God <laughs> hell, oh, God, God fucking nightmare. Jesus. I mean, I mean, white chicks is the joke is white chicks. So I feel like they didn't care. Right. <laughs> but uh, I would just say you do not remember how scary they looked in white chicks. Regoogle it because it is scarier. Oh, than you fuck. Remember. No. Oh, fuck. No. If you Google, Google weird look white chicks. Oh, oh, <laughs> fuck me. There's they, they, oh, there's somebody has catalog, categorized, cataloged like the weirder shots from that movie. And it is not comfortable. Oh, the jaws on him. It's so weird. The jaws. That is in my jaws. history now. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. You're fired from wherever you work here. I don't know. In the future. Track Forever. The fuck down. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess one of the next questions, because Box Office Mojo is broke, is I'm trying to figure out if this was successful or not. Um, uh, it's, it's, I'm curious how many theaters. It certainly yeah, got so, Oscar uh, buzz. Yeah, it's about 10 million worldwide right now, and I think that uh, I don't see a. It's only in well, it's in 800 theaters right now, so it's got a decent release right now. It it it, it did yeah, it did it did okay. All right, yeah. So uh, thenumbers.com, which is going to be apparently replacing uh, Box Office Mojo because IMDb has failed them, uh, is is roughly about nine million domestic, five million international, and about 14 million worldwide box office. So. Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know how much. I'm very curious how much this movie costs, though. Um, Let's see. Yeah, there's not. I have not found a budget. Actually, yeah. that's something I was trying to find earlier. And I'm I bet they. I bet a, they don't have to tell it because it's totally just like freaking out of you know Taika Waititi's bedroom. And also, I wonder if it's a thing of just like Disney owns Fox Searchlight now, and they just like. And there was some rumor, and it was never proven or anything, but there was some uh, a rumored source said that. Disney was very worried about this film. So it was like a thing of, like, well, of being associated with the Hitler comedy. And I think ultimately once the reviews came out and they were like, actually it was like too many people were saying it was a little too tepid. It was like, okay. Yeah, like actually it has very mainstream appeal. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, you know, but I just think all media is on alert right now for any kind of... Because, yeah. like, like, after, like, the fucking dumb first man flag controversy garbage, it's like, what can't kill a movie for some... It just enters the cycle, and it, there you go. It's gone. You know, it could just... I just think anything could be kind of killed by dumb... Yeah, with regard to Disney and Marvel, like you were talking about earlier, to be fair to Waititi, he's been trying to make this since 2011. So I can believe it. It feels like a a classic, you know, I need to make a huge movie to make this movie. I I can get why people aren't just going to throw it to him because he's made solid indie hits I, before then. I do kind of feel like he made he he intentionally attempted to make the movie that couldn't be made mm-hmm. like I think that's I feel like there's a lot of points here in my book for him because like I just cannot imagine any other context in which this exists do you know what I mean like it is it is you know and there's a lot to say about that today because there's not a lot of unique products out there this is undoubtedly unique <laughs> I think that's right. and that's probably that might be the best thing you could say about it, but you know it, it is unique. It's just not. Oh yeah, I don't think there's ever. And, that was that was. Oh my god, that was so Tim Allen. Can you do that again? <laughs> I don't know. Why. Yeah, it was, I could just. It was, really good. It was. Oh yeah. I don't know. I can't. I don't have the. Voice it was not there. intentional. I was just reading that. Uh, it was, but it was perfect. I'm so sorry to point it out. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, now you're thinking about no. it. I do apologize. I didn't. I, no. It was just. It was just a blast from the past. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Just hit a nostalgic button before you leap down. And think of all those times you watched Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh fuck. I, oh my god. Okay. I guess I guess unless there's any other thoughts, let's go ahead and put some scores on this which I don't I'm going to start with somebody else cuz I don't I don't fucking know. I, I just want to point out that uh Steph it feels like the year of Takeaway TD is just like calling in his shots cuz he's directing the final episode of The Mandalorian, the the big super expensive fuck me uh, huh. Star Wars yeah. show. Which and I could I can bet that's him just being like I would like a Star Wars, please. Yeah. <laughs> like you want a whole movie? He's like, that sounds exhausting. How about a show? Yes. To be that sounds to be better. honest, I feel like directing episodes of The Mandalorian must be the best gig in like history because you got plenty of money to play with. And you still like just just get to come in, do it, and leave, and I don't know. And you technically are a Star Wars director, but whatever. Uh, I I will say this: Disney Plus comes out tomorrow, and uh, I'm I'm in the founders circle, and I'm super excited. I'm gonna fucking mainline Mandalorian starting tomorrow, so I'm super excited. So you do realize there's only one episode when it comes out. They're doing it weekly. <sighs> I like that. I'm, or I'm not fine. weekly. I'm, every no, couple of days. No, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Netflix can go fuck themselves, especially on the concept of anime. Uh, Netflix trying to make anime fit into their like season release mold and just fucking everyone has just drove me insane. So I'm very happy with it. I'm very happy with it. I think, it. honestly, I think it's going to work out really well for Disney because I think people are going to be talking about The Mandalorian until it ends in December, yeah. you know, the end of December. Yeah. It's going to be like... If, if, if you just released Game of Thrones like you did on Netflix, like, it would not dominate the way it does. And I think that's... I think... I'm sorry. That's the interesting thing is we might be heading back the other way because Apple... I think I read David Sims or somebody talking about Apple Plus is also going to do weekly releases for its big... Yeah. yeah, most of the other new ones, I think HBO Max is probably going to stick with it. It might have been the one HBO in the past. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah I, I think... I think I think Disney Plus might be the one to be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, uh, I think, but it makes sense because they also don't do the Netflix thing with Netflix releases eight goddamn things a second. You know, like it's just a content overload avalanche. Where like Disney Plus is trying to be more like every show matters. 
Forky ask a question matters. There, there will be. You need to watch every episode. Dude, there's no way we'll never not own Disney Plus because fucking Pretty Little Liars is on there. So, I mean, oh, I, the, the thing that you have to understand is that, like, there are things that we don't even think about that are, like, that for other people are like totally non-negotiable. Oh, yeah. So like that's the oh, thing yeah. is like overnight tomorrow Netflix it'll the question will never be oh do we stop Disney Plus the question will be do we stop Netflix like that's just there is just a seismic change coming and that's just a I just feel like that's a, something we should talk about you know sometimes it's like I think it's I think it's just incredible to me that that's going to happen that Katie just signed on for three years of it and it wasn't even a question between the two of us that we were going to do that so that's crazy. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe it's just a terrible service and it doesn't stream properly and it's all broken tomorrow. We that's know. my yeah, we, yeah. I'm very curious about that element. <laughs> that's, I that's yeah. the thing you can never predict. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it go, does it go the way of Funimation and have a terrible fucking player and never fix it for some reason, but we Ooh, still buy it yeah. because they're the yeah. only people that have those particular shows. Because, like, God help me, Funimate... Oh, sorry, it was, uh, it's, this is discussion about anime streaming platforms. But anyways, the, I will say, if you do want to learn about streaming platforms, there's been more competition in that sector, so you can kind of see, like, a couple of things. Because things have come and gone, like High Dive and Crunchyroll and Funimation, so there's a lot more competition over there. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition of what is, but it's also kind of, like, more of, like, this betting market, since they don't make any of the content existing themselves, except Netflix does, apparently, but not really, because it's really just pulling up other studios' stuff. Anyways, that's all done we got off on a tangent let's do some scores on jojo rabbit all right i put it off long enough uh trevor what do you give jojo rabbit i'm gonna say for me it is a 6.5 had a lot of fun uh, especially the first half i think uh it got farther and farther especially once it hit that third act point it just was less and less effective for me this movie's really well cast um you know the for what it's worth, Stephen Merchant and uh, Alfie Allen both make really good Nazis. I'm <laughs> not sure if that's a compliment, but uh, they're really good at it. This movie uses Stephen Merchant's height really it well. It does, yes. And just his general face. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's just he such a, a Nazi. Did you really just say, poor Stephen Merchant, you have such a Nazi face. He, he was doing a creepy smile, <laughs> and I think Nazi he knows face. that, and he's he's okay. I don't think I'm diminishing his self-esteem too much. But uh, it's a funny-looking man. Um, yeah, 6.5 for me. It's a 5 for you? 6.5. Right. 6.5. Oh, 6.5. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Trevor, uh, Ben, sorry. Jesus. Cortana we came up on my then. computer, and I've not heard her in, like, forever, and I'm just like, why? Do, do you still <laughs> exist on computers? Jesus, I didn't realize that. Uh, please go, Ben. <laughs> yeah, when I fix computers at IT, Cortana talks right at the end, and it never not scares me. It's always, <laughs> always scary. She always picks the right time. As soon as I've like reimaged a computer, she's like, "Now check you for updates." Like, no, go away. Um, I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. A solid gentleman six. It is, as we said, I like the intro a lot. I think you know, uh, I, I kind of do wish there was just a a a, a Hitler Youth movie, a black comedy. Um, I think it would have been a lot more. Rewarding. I think that is the best stuff. I think the best joke in the movie is when he runs dramatically with a grenade and then just hits the tree and blows up. That's really, really funny. Uh, if you put children in danger in hilarious ways, I laugh. I'm a terrible person. Um, uh, it's a, 
it's bold and inventive and it tries, which I, you know, it's why it's tough when you see a movie that does try and wears its heart on its sleeve and wants to do well. And like, I feel like some of the reviews have been just a, a tad too mean to it. I, I, I don't know if it's just the, the hype machine or if it's just the, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for those people. Uh, I, what I know is that I think this movie is fine. It's, it's enjoyable. It's a good time. I would recommend it to pretty much most people. And I think that's probably also why maybe it doesn't totally work, which is like to me, like I want a satire that's more like Death the Solid, which I would only recommend to a few people. <laughs> like, um, it is that is more of effective of dealing with the ideas of power and violence and, and and fascism in an interesting way than this one is, which is I think has some interesting ideas. And the, and the other person we didn't speak up against is Thomas and McKinsey, who plays um, uh, the, the the Jewish girl. I'm sorry for her name. Um, and she is very good. I really enjoy her a lot. Elsa mm-hmm. uh, is her name. Um, and she is very charming, very good, uh, a real screen presence. I hope I, I see more of her. She's great. Uh, she was really good in that movie. So, um, And she was also in The King, which is a very, very weird Netflix movie. <laughs> uh, very weird adaptation of, of Shakespeare that I don't recommend. But if you want to see Robert Pattinson go full, not full, tiptoeing into the waters of Nick Cage. You should check that part out. Mm. They released a clip on YouTube, and it's very weird. He's a weirdo. Um, yeah, so overall, it's it's solid. I, I think like everybody, we agree that it just doesn't nail the ending. It, it, it really wants to go over something hefty and dramatic and powerful, and it just doesn't have the uh, the tonal balance and the, the chops to really deliver that, which is uh, unfortunate. But uh, I still think it's good, and uh, I would recommend it. All right. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I think this is one of those things where it's like I can. I. I. I like. I totally. I don't think there's any disagreement between all of us, and I think that the flaws are very apparent. And I think it's just one for me of like scoring versus that. And I think that uh, Jojo Rabbit shoots for an insanely high bar and falls flat. But I still think at the end of the movie, you know, it's still of something of note and value to me that I would give it a seven. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I think that, I think that it genuinely got laughs out of me. And though it turns and is inherently incredibly flawed to some extent, I think that, it is so much more worth your time than 90% of stuff out there right now. And I think that uh, you should go see it. And I think that it was a joy to go see. Well, it wasn't a joy. I think it started off a joy to go see with like out of date. And it was a good date movie. Ironically. Um, I think, I think I agree with Ben. I'm a little bit confused as to the harshness of the criticism, specifically people saying like they're the pro- they're saying that Nazis being wacky are problematic. Well, you made a movie about mostly good Nazis is the problem. Like I think it's where that take comes from. There's not really enough on the other side of it to really, especially now that fascism is relevant. That's kind of the thing is really he planned to make this before everything has happened in recent years and has said that like he thinks the movie has more relevance now and I think it has its heart in the right place as far as that goes but I don't think it kind of reckons with like renewed fascism in, 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 in that sense. I disagree. I mean, I, 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 I disagree to some extent. I think that... I think that like even comedy back in the day, like when fascism was coming up and that's, that's, we took it 
we take it more serious now knowing the the terribleness of the crimes that they did or did not do but like still one of the favorite things that is still the charlie chaplin like image of like hitler bouncing around with like a ball in the room and it actually was horrific for charlie chaplin's career because everybody thought it was super overwrought too as well um but i still remember that i still remember that and i still i think it's timeless to some extent and uh, i think people bear out i think comedy remains and can be a great tool for telling stories even if it is problematic to some extent and yeah it does humanize i think the kernel is humanized all the way through it and so i think that they they kind of want to separate him out from nazis all the characters that we deal with we never deal with like a literal nazi in the context it's more like a well, we pervasive have force yeah that's well hitler doesn't count even hitler is just a figment of jojo's imagination he's a representation and it's a it's dark in that way because i think that to the movie's credit like a presence of an actual fucking nazi outside of the one guy that's like what's his Stephen merchant yeah who is the, funny the in his own way yeah. yeah he's hilarious in his own way but i think that i think that i agree with them that like I see why if he had made it less horrific and hadn't killed Jojo's mother, this, I do think I'd have much more of grounds to say that there's a problem with like whackifying the Nazis as is. But, you know, I think that proceeding on Nazis are just kind of a joke, but yeah, I don't think that I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. This is very complicated. To your credit, somebody at NPR was in an interview with with uh, him brought up he he brought up Taika did bring up Great Dictator as well, kind of the same fashion. No, I think I think I think it's I think I I I, I don't want to be the guy because I do think there's legitimate criticisms to be made of movies. So like when when everybody's like it's just comedy, just you chill out. I don't I don't agree with that. I think I think I'm more inclined to to be defensive of movies that are specifically are still being critical of the subject matter. And I think treating it and having their heart in the good place. Like, I feel like there is a lot of, there are, there are, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think that the movie is so solidly in, in has its heart in the right place, even if it's delivery is not always there. I, I think overall it's more a mess than problematic for me is the issue. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, I get that. Okay. All right. Uh, the Movie Gang Podcast gives Jojo Rabbit a 6.5 out of 10, uh, which is a baseline recommendation, so go check it out. I do think we still recommend you go check it out. For the most part, it's, it's if nothing else, it's fascinating, and I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to judge Taiki Wati, Taika, Taika Watiti's career from here and see how it goes. Uh, I'm really interested. Uh, especially since his next movie sounds like a very straightforward Oscar film about like a football team with michael fassbender in the lead yeah well like, i definitely don't think he's gonna win an oscar for this uh, probably not i think once upon a time in hollywood is just so poised to like sweep because it's tarantino's never won oh i before I don't even it's like just that. all about hollywood i like that movie and i don't even like that i like that movie and i don't like that i agree yeah, i like that movie 100%. i like that movie but it's so dirty it's like hollywood's like yeah let me get a big raging chub and rub it off in your face hollywood's great right <laughs> Right, right. Even the Remember parts when... where we killed Cheryl Tate, it's amazing. Sorry, that's I don't know. Oh my god, exactly. that's so dark. I, this movie did Terrible. this movie did make me make a bunch of dark jokes. How about that? <laughs> it was successful. I was very bleak after this. Anyways, uh yeah, again, we give it a six point five uh for the movie gang podcast. It's Ben, Ben Haworth. Thanks for listening, Neil. Trevor Flynn. Good night. 
And I've been your host, Jack Newman. Head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network. That's the TuscanShed.com. Go check it out, and you can see all other podcasts. Uh, while you're there, you can also check out our Facebook page and our Twitter, where you can give us comments like and tell us if we were way off the mark or if you think you agree with us. You can go over there. I also might have a reward for the first person that posts after this episode goes up. See that? If you could be first on the video, I will get you a reward. I'm not sure what it is yet, but I'll find it. Maybe it'll be your own personal review about you yourself. You'll send me details about yourself, and I'll review you as a person. You're shit! Get your life together, Greg. I don't, I don't know. Uh, anyways, check that out. And also, if you're while there, go to uh, the purple icon. That's iTunes, where you could give us a review. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, if you want to fix us with words, you might want to go somewhere else and do that, because that's not how iTunes works. But do go ahead and just give us that five-star review to be part of the conversation. Thank you very much for listening to the Movie Gang podcast. As again, uh, yeah, go watch a movie. Go read something. Read something about that movie. Yeah, do that. Be a more whole person. Yeah. Well, it's wholesome. It's a wholesome ending.